Good morning and welcome to worship. I was telling them I can't stop, but I can't start before it says zero. There's just something in me that won't let me do it. I welcome you to stand if you'd like to, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this day um, that you've given us, God, to enjoy this, this earth that you've created. God, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. God, that you would um, just reveal yourself to us today. Help us to worship you. Help us to give you our all this morning to focus on you. And God, I pray um, that you would speak to us through your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah, you 
Despise the cross, 
your suffering, you saw to the other side. Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake, you died. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of of heaven held its breath till that stone was moved for good for the Lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the Father are restored and the church of Christ was born in the spirit lit the flame now this gospel to the old shall not leave shall not faint by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me Christ be magnified. Your creation suddenly articulate. 
With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then from north to south And east to west We'd hear Christ be magnified Were the whole earth echoing His eminence His name would burst from sea and sky From rivers to the mountain tops We'd hear Christ be magnified. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified. From the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. With every creature finds its inmost melody, and every human heart its native cry. Oh, then in one enraptured hymn of praise We'll sing Christ be magnified Oh, Christ be magnified Let His praise arise Christ be magnified in me Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. This next part's a challenge we sing to ourselves. We sing to Him, but it's a challenge for us. to idols, I'll stand strong and worship you, and if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice cause you're there too, I won't be for my feelings, I hold fast to what is true, and if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you, cause death is just the doorway into resurrection life and if i join you in your suffering then i'll join you when you rise and when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints my heart will still be singing and my song will be the same oh christ be magnified let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified. 
crucified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified. From the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. This is, uh, I guess, my fifth Sunday, but second official Sunday as your uh, transitional interim pastor. We're really thrilled to be here. It's easy to feel like home here, and thanks for the warm welcome. And uh, I know interim pastors uh, don't frequently join the church, but Connie and I want to join today. We just want you to let let you know that we we love you. We're we're all in here. So, so uh, would you? I, I like to affirm God's goodness. Uh, would you uh, affirm God's goodness with me? God is good all the time. Great. Well, let's pray, and then we'll open up the scriptures. Father in heaven, thank you for being our awesome God. Lord, as we uh, open up your, your word today, I pray, God, you'd speak to each of us at the point of our relationship with you, at the point of our relationship to, to your church. And, and God, I pray you'd speak uh, you know, through me as your messenger today. Lord, we want to see lives change. We want to see our lives change, and we want to glorify you. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus and God's people agreed. Amen. Hey, thanks so much. We're, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. We've just got uh, three short verses today, uh, but a great little passage today. So if, if you'd like to stand with me to, to honor our Lord Jesus. Uh, so our, our Lord is speaking through the Apostle Paul here in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to begin with 14 and go through the end of the chapter, verse 16. And so the, the, the Lord says through the Apostle Paul, Although I hope to come to you soon... I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He, Jesus, appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by the angels, was preached among the nations, was believed in the world, was taken up in glory. Uh, This is the word of the Lord. Uh, you can be seated. Uh, the sermon series we're looking at this month in, in July, I've called it uh, the Ancient Modern Church. And by that, I mean, like the ancient church, we want to be faithful to God's inspired word in everything we do as a church and everything we do as God's people. And, and as a modern church, we, we want to be, be relevant with how we do ministry. We want to be relevant with how we share the gospel so that we connect people with Jesus and connect people with his church. And, and our message is, is an awesome message. Our, our message is the gospel. Our message is the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and think about our message. Our, our, our message dates back to more than 2,000 years. Uh, you know, the gospel message is ancient. It's unchanging. But the ways we, we share the gospel have to be modern. They, they have to be relevant. We, we want to live the gospel, share the gospel. We want to we serve Jesus with the gospel as a church. And, and think about our message, how, how awesome it is. The gospel is, is literally beautiful. You know, Christ's church is, is beautiful. And, and Jesus puts beauty into his church. Jesus puts beauty into his people by the gospel. And, and you and I, we, we have the opportunity to 
to portray the beauty of Jesus by the way we do church, by the way we are the church, by being a gospel church. And, and the, the beauty of Jesus in the gospel, it, it's powerful. And, and all of us need the beauty of the gospel. Uh, people without Christ need the beauty of the gospel. People without a church need the beauty of the gospel. And, and the gospel is the, the most wonderful message in the world that, that Jesus loves us and Jesus wants to be in relationship with us and Jesus wants to forgive our sins and Jesus wants us to spend all our eternity with him. You know, we, We've got the, the greatest message in the world, but sometimes our, our culture just isn't hearing the gospel from us or or perhaps we're not always packaging it or, or sharing it in such a way that they're able to to hear it and understand it and so uh, we want to make sure we're, we're sharing the gospel packaging the gospel in, in such a way that that people that are far from God or people who are seeking God will want to know more about the gospel and receive the gospel into their lives and I know, you know, First Baptist Church, your, your church is in a, in a transition between pastors. And the, the transition gives us as a church, gives, gives you all as a church an, an opportunity just to, to take a, a fresh look at the church, a fresh look at how you do ministry, a, a fresh, fresh look at what are the most important things. I know as we, you know, we, all of us went through the pandemic, and I found when we were going through the pandemic as a church, you know, we just had to do things differently. You know, we were doing church online for a while, then we were doing a hybrid church. <laughs> we were doing church in person, but we were doing church in line, a church where I, that I was leading. We were even doing children's ministry and youth ministry and all our Bible study classes. We were doing them online for a while, and then we, we kind of did those in a hybrid style because some people had health issues where they couldn't come back. Some people were, you know, really fearful of COVID, so they, they were too anxious to come back, and so... Uh, you know what what we did during that time is we you know we took a look at what's the most important you know we we couldn't do everything but we had to look at you know what's the most important things what are the what are the really essential things that we have to do to to be the church and to and to do the ministry of the church and i think uh, you know a transitional season is also a time to to focus on what's the very most important things and what are, what are the essential things and you know what is what does jesus want us to do what does he want us to emphasize and i'm and i'm so grateful uh you know that that the lord loves your church and the lord's in in control of your church and and i really believe our awesome god will will have your church stronger on on the other side of the interim and as we talk about the, the church being ancient and modern, I want to ask the question today, you know, and answer it from Scripture is, you know, what, what is our identity as a church? And Connie, I plan to join the church today, so I hope you can, I can say it's our church too. You know, what, what is our identity as, as Christ's church? And, you know, who are we as the, as the people who make up Christ's church today? And as we, we look at these three verses today, you know, I, I see uh, you know, four, four elements in this passage that, that show us who we are as, as Christ's church today. And as we look at, we, we start with verse 15. And we, we see, you know, in the first point that, you know, we are God's family. You know, verse 15 puts it in the translation I'm using, we are God's household. You know, you know what, an, what an incredible gift from God. You know, at one time, all of us were, were separate from God. We were separated from God because of our sin. 
And God chose to adopt us as, as his sons and God daughters. God chose to forgive us and bring us into a relationship with Jesus. And being chosen, being adopted as God's sons and daughters is, is an awesome, wonderful thing. It shows us you know, how much God loves us. Yeah. I think I, I may or may not have shared with you at another time that, uh, you know, I've got an adopted brother. After, my, uh, after I was born, my, my parents tried to have a, a child several times, and my mom just couldn't carry a child to term. She, she miscarried three times. And so when I was, when I was 10, um, through the adoption agencies of the state of Connecticut, we had we adopted a, a brother for me, a son for my parents, and uh, David, and and he was he's 14 months younger than me, and I remember as kids, so many times, you know, you know, late at night, as you know, we we were in twin beds next to one another, same bedroom. My brother would ask me so many nights, night after night, he said. Do, do you love me like your your like your real brother? Do you love me like uh, like your blood brother? And, and I I I tell David, you're my only brother. <laughs> you know you know I I love you like flesh and blood. And I said, and I think in in some ways you're even better than a blood brother um, because uh, you know out of all the all the boys that needed to be adopted in Connecticut, you know mom and dad chose you. You know you you were chosen and chosen to be part of our family, and we're just so thrilled that you're here. And so to get even a deeper way, out of the 8 million people on the face of the earth, you know, God's chosen you and me to be his sons and daughters. He's, he's adopted us. He's put us into his family. And, and churches like this are, are God's family. Uh, church is about relationships. You know, a, a generation or so ago, I, I, was, I was listening with, with a friend to... Uh, to, to Francis Schaeffer speak, and you know, over in Europe, he actually had a, a Christian community, and uh, you know, just just a really gifted teacher. And and in one of these teachings, you know, Francis Schaeffer said there are there are four characteristics that are that are present in a in a gospel created church in Christ Church, and he said there it's sound theology, uh, honest answers to to honest questions. A true spirituality and in the beauty of human relationships. And, and think about this. This is one of the things church does right, and the church can be at its best. The, uh, the beauty of human relationships is often the, one of the very first things that people see when they come into a new church. Um, they may be new to town or new to the church, and, and they're looking for friends. They're looking for relationships. And, and, and the beauty of human relationships is often the first thing that people say to the church, wow, this is the place I want to be. These are people I want to connect with. I want to be in relationship with these new people. They're new, they're new to me, even though they may have been here a long time. And, and be, beautiful relationships amongst Christian people in the church are something that often makes people stop and and kind of have an inner sense of wow i i want that i need that i want to be a part of that and i i know in our culture the the more time we spend on technology the more time we spend on cell phones the more time we spend on social media it seems like the more disconnected we feel from people. It seems like we're, we're trying to connect with people more and more through technology. And technology is a wonderful gift, but still, it, it's not like being with people face to face where you can, where you can, you know, talk, talk with one another, embrace one another. There's something, there's something, you know, sacred about being in a face to face relationship with people. And, and the church is, is all about that. 
You know, the church is a, is a family of friends where people are disconnected. We can help them be connected to, to Christian people. We can help them be connected with Jesus Christ. And our relationships can, can be so wonderful in God's church that, that we display the beauty of the gospel by the way we love each other. We display the beauty of the gospel by the way we love people who are far from God or people who are, who are seeking God. And I know that people will, will want to be a part of this wonderful church when, when they see gospel relationships here. You know, we, we, have, we have the opportunity every week to, you know, to welcome people warmly, to answer questions about the church, answer questions about, about Christ. We have an opportunity to, you know, to greet people and welcome people and, and start building relationships with people. And, and the, you know, the, the front door to church sometimes is, the, is online for people. The front door sometimes is, is you know, visiting a worship service. And, you know, re- relationships come over time. Bible studies come over time. But we have the opportunity to make those initial connections. And because we're, we're God's children, you know, God has high standards for for his people and the way that we relate to each other. And, you know, I, I look at our cultures. I, I think we're in the greatest country in the world. I, I love America. I'm, I'm very patriotic in, about our country. But, when I, you know, when I look at the news, it's, it makes me depressed and anxious when I watch the news so many times because, you know, it seems that so many times in our country we've got this ugly conflict in in passive aggression, and just strained relationships. And, you know, the, the world without Christ won't get relationships right. <laughs> the, the world needs Jesus to get relationships right. And the, and the church can lead the way. As we move on to verse 15, we, we see the, the second thing we are as, as Christ people today. We, we're actually our, our Christ presence. And look at verse 15 again. Verse 15 says that, that we are the church of the living God. In other words, now that, that Christ has been resurrected and, and ascended to heaven, Christ isn't physically present on earth. So Jesus has put us here, Christian people. Jesus has put his church here that we're to be the body of Christ on earth. We're to be the, the flesh and blood of Jesus on earth. Uh, people that are, that are far from God, you know, people who are disconnected from God, they aren't going to find Jesus on their own. And so we can be the presence of Jesus for them. We can, we can be the voice of Jesus for them in our conversation. We can be the, the hands and feet of Jesus for people as we serve people in Jesus' name. And think about, think about this for a few moments. How, how do we know the presence of Christ? How do, how do we you know, know Christ and hear Christ and be in relationship with Christ and really sense his presence? I believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus makes his presence real to us when we're, when we're praising him with all of our hearts in worship. Uh, the Psalms tell us that, that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we're, when we're really worshiping it, when we're really praising the Lord, you know, God chooses to make his, his self real to us. Jesus chooses to be present with us. Yeah, Jesus has a way of, of, of speaking to us through, through one another when, when we're in a Bible study with each other, when we're, you know, when we're seated in chairs around a circle or seated around a table and, and we're, we're not only hearing the Bible taught, but we're sharing insights with one another. The Lord has a way of speaking to us through one another. Uh, Jesus, Jesus makes his presence real to us when we, when we care for one another in Jesus' name. 
Jesus has a way of making himself real to us when, we, when we're generous with one another, with our time, with our energy, with our money. Uh, Jesus has a way of making himself real to people who are, who are separated from Christ and distant from God when we, when we serve them in Jesus' name. There, there's something about grace that, that people don't understand, but when they, when they feel it, when they taste it for the first time, they say, I, I, I want more of that. It's wonderful. And Jesus has a, has a way of speaking to people who are far from God when we, when we introduce them to Christ, when we have gospel conversations with them. And so, friends, we, we have the opportunity as God's people, as a church, to, to make the gospel beautiful for people. We have the opportunity to, to make the presence of Jesus real for people. And, and people who need Christ, people who need a church, they might say, I, I'm not sure what it is, but when I, when I get a taste of it, you know, I want it. I, I need it. I want to be a part of it. As we look further into verse 15, we see a third thing about our identity as God's people. And, and we're guardians of God's truth. And look at verse 15. It says that we are the pillar and foundation of the truth. And, and by the truth, it, it's saying, you know, biblical truth, gospel truth, God's truth. Uh, the image of the church as, as the pillar in, in foundation of the truth, that the image is that, that the church is, is a temple. The church is, the, the people of the church is, are the place where God lives here on earth. And, and as, as God's church, he's entrusted us with his truth. Uh, He's entrusted us with the truth of the gospel. He's, he's entrusted us with the Holy Scriptures and entrusted us with the responsibility of, of handling the Scriptures well. You know, and through the Scriptures, He's entrusted us with the, with the Christian faith, with, with Christian theology. And our, our, our Scriptures are, are sacred because they're the Word of God to us. Our, our theology, our beliefs uh, are, are sacred to us because they're based on Holy Scripture. And, and as a church... You know, we have a responsibility to God's truth. Um, we have a responsibility to, to share God's truth, to, to learn it, to, to teach it. We also have a, a, a responsibility to be able to protect it and to defend it. And what are, if we, we think about being guardians of God's truth, if we're kind of to boil it down to, to the essence of a, of a handful of things, uh, what are they? You know, we, we have some core beliefs as as Christians, core beliefs of the Christian faith that are that are absolutely essential, and I, I believe that the first essential belief that we have as Christians is is our view of the Bible, and ultimately everything stands or falls on on what we believe about the about the Word of God, about the Holy Scriptures, because what we know about God, what how we experience God, you know, all of it's revealed through through the Holy Scriptures, and so we we believe as Christians that. That the Bible is the inspired word of God. That, that God used humans to, to write the Bible, but God inspired them through his Holy Spirit. So the words we have here are, are not words of men, but they're, they're actually words from God. And so the, the Bible's God's truth. That there's no mixture of error in the Bible. The Bible's also our authority for what we say you know, how we live, what we believe, how we relate to one another. And we, we have a choice, you know, today. We can, we can use, you know, our Bibles to in, interpret the culture or, or 
we have the more negative choice of, of allowing our, our culture to, to cause us to change what we believe about the Bible. And, I, you know, today we see churches splitting and denominations splitting as people give up on some of the beliefs of the Bible and say, no, you know, we're going to choose what the culture is teaching us and where it conflicts with the Bible. We're, we're going to embrace the culture rather than, rather than the Bible. And it really gets us off track that way. And our, you know, our worldview is a biblical worldview so that we, we want to look at everything through the lens of the Word of God. And God will always steer us in the right direction that way. And as we think about being guardians of God's truth, uh, you know, the first essential belief, you know, focuses on Scripture. And many of our essential beliefs, you know, focus on Jesus. What do we believe about Jesus? You know, so many people I, I meet today who don't know Christ, you know, believe Jesus was a, you know, a good man, a moral teacher, or, or a great prophet. Where, you know, the Bible's really clear that we believe in the deity of Jesus Christ as God. We believe in, in Jesus as, as the second person of the triune God. We believe Jesus is, is the virgin-born divine son of God. Jesus has a human mother making him a, a 100% human. Jesus has God as his father making him 100% God. So Jesus is both, both God and human at the same time. And because Jesus is both God and human, Jesus was able to, to offer himself as a, as a substitutionary death on the cross for our sins. You know, we believe Jesus was resurrected from the dead never to die again. You know, we believe that, that one day that Jesus will, will publicly, physically, universally return. And, and, and everybody who knows Christ and is far from Christ will, will, will see him coming in the sky. And Jesus will come to, to bring an end of time as we know it. He'll come to bring in judgment day. He'll come to, to bring in a new heavens and a new earth. And, and those who, who follow Christ will, will somehow live and rule in that new heavens and new earth. We also believe that, that Jesus is the, the only way to God. Uh, the only way uh, to eternal life, the the only way to heaven. Our our culture is trying to tell us that there that there are there are many ways to God and many ways to eternal life. Jesus says, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's there's no way to God the Father except through me. You know, we we might say that there are there you know there are many ways to Oklahoma City, but if I get on um, I-40 and I go east, I'm never going to get there. I've got to get on I-40 and, and go west. And, and that's, that's how it is with, that's how it is with Jesus. There, there are not many ways to get to God. There's just one way that, to get to God. That's Jesus. As Christians, we also believe as guardians of the truth that there is, there is one and only one true living God, that the God who's revealed in the Bible. And, and we know God in three persons as God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe that God saves us by grace through faith, you know, as we confess our sins and place our faith in Jesus. And so there, there's no way we can work our way to God. There's no way we can earn our way to God. We, we can't be moral enough, good enough, religious enough, spiritual enough. We, we can't get there on our own. We, we've got to have Jesus. We have other theological beliefs uh, that are sometimes called the non-essentials. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that they're they're unimportant. They're they're vitally important, but it means they're they're open to more than one interpretation. For example, you know, gathering as a church every week to to worship Jesus 
is essential. You know, that's why the, you know, the scriptures tell us in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of believers. It's, it's essential that we get together weekly. We, we need it. Um, but the style we come together, the style of worship is less essential. You know, some churches are contemporary, some are traditional, some are liturgical, some try to, you know, blend two or more of these styles together. The style is not important, but what's essential is that we gather together to worship Jesus. Uh, we, we view Christ as the head of the church, that's essential, but, but different churches have different kinds of leadership. You know, some churches are pastor-led, some are elder-led, some are deacon-led, some are committee-led, um, some... Some are more congregationally governed. You know, churches have different styles of leadership, but we have one head, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, celebrating the Lord's Supper is essential, uh, but different churches do it uh, on different occasions. Uh, you know, I, when I was a youth minister years ago, the church I, I, I attended, they only celebrated the Lord's Supper uh, once a year on Easter. But I find, you know, most, most churches, Baptist churches do it, you know, once a month or, or once a quarter, or, or some are doing it every other week. The, one of our other absolute essential beliefs that we talk about this morning is, is, is the gospel. And this is our message. Think about how, how awesome, how wonderful, how beautiful our message is. That our Lord Jesus Christ, through his, his perfect life, his, his sacrificial death on the cross, his, his resurrection from the dead, offers us three things as a free gift. He offers us forgiveness of our sins. He, he offers us a personal relationship with God. He offers us eternal life in heaven. And we, we can't do anything to work for it or earn it. All we do is receive it when we confess our sins and, and place our faith in Jesus. Uh, the fourth part of our identity as, as Christ's church is that we are a gospel people. Uh, look at verse 16 again. It, uh, verse 16 talks about it, that, that we share the mystery from which true godliness springs. And, and let's, let's talk about that, that, that mystery for a moment. And, and the mystery ultimately is the gospel. You know, when we look, look into the New Testament, the New Testament speaks about the the mystery many times. And, and in the New Testament, in the Bible, the mystery is, is not a whodunit, like a, a whodunit novel or a, or a whodunit movie. That's, it's not a mystery thriller. In, in the New Testament, mystery takes on a, on a, on a very different meaning. Uh, the, the mystery is a, is a spiritual reality that people can't understand on their own. So, so God has to reveal this spiritual reality to us. You know, as Christians, we, we, we help explain it to people who are far from God. And, and the mystery ultimately is the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, why, why are most people trying to earn their way to heaven? Why are most people trying to work their way to heaven? It's because they haven't understood the mystery. <laughs> you know, the mystery is the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he, he offers us forgiveness. He offers us a relationship with God. He, he offers us eternal life as a free gift. We just have to ask for it. <laughs> we just have to come to Jesus saying, you know, I'm a sinner. I need my sins forgiven. I know that you're Lord and God. I want to commit my life to you and receive you into my life. And as Christians, we can, we can help people see the the beauty of the gospel. We can help people understand the mystery of the gospel. I was at a ministerial alliance meeting 
I don't know, a year or so back in Shawnee, and, and the, the leader of the Ministerial Alliance in Shawnee was telling us at that time, he said, that, he said there are 117 churches in Shawnee, but only about 17% of Shawnee uh, attends church in a given week. And, and I, that, that's, you know, just a little under four out of five people um, are, are out of church. So really only one in five people are, are in church. Only about one in five people are in relationship with Christ. And so, you know, our Lord has given us this mission as his church, as, a, as his family, as a, as a gospel people of, of, of sharing the gospel, of sharing the mystery of the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. You know, you know, we, one thing Southern Baptists do the best is, is how we do missions, whether we're doing missions in North America or doing international missions. You know, Southern Baptists do that the best because we, you know, we cooperate with nearly 50,000 Baptist churches around our country. But we do international missions so well, but I think we also have to understand that every time we leave the church building, we're in a mission field. You know, if four out of five people in our community don't know Christ and don't have a church, our Many people in our family, uh, many of our friends, uh, many of the people in our neighborhoods uh, don't know Christ. Think about your your workplaces, your your school, your your ball fields, the places where you make drink coffee or or eat eat a meal on Sunday. You know, most of the people around us don't know Christ, and they're they're not connected to a to a gospel preaching church. And so, you know, our opportunity <laughs> as Christ's people is to to bring the gospel to them, to share the gospel with them. And can I give you all a challenge this morning? I, I believe most, most of us live, you know, at least in and around here, uh, you know, five minutes away, uh, we're 20 minutes away. Would you, would you begin to think about three people in your area? I'm not talking about three people at a distance, but Three people in your area where you can have a, a face-to-face conversation with them. Three people you know who aren't in relationship with Christ, who are not a part of, of Christ's church. Let, let God lay at least three people on your mind who, who need Christ, who need a church. And, and can, I, can I challenge you to, to begin praying every day for them? I know we made up a little business card, uh, size card at where I was pastoring in Shawnee about, you know, listing three names. We'd put it in a wallet or tape it onto our mirror where you put on your makeup or, or shave every day. And remember, those three people are the three people I'm going to pray for every day that they come to know Christ. I'm going to make sure I'm in relationship with them. I'm going to make sure I have an opportunity for spiritual conversations with them. I'm going to make sure I, I take opportunities to invite them to worship with me at church. Would you begin to Think about three people now. Who, who are they in your life? Who's, who's God laying on your heart that you can begin to pray for? And maybe you need to you know, write those names down on your bulletin today or, or, or like I said, put a post-it up on your, on your mirror you know, where you shave or where you put on your makeup in the morning as a reminder. I'm going to pray for these people. I'm going to share the gospel with these people. I'm going to invite these three people to church. Um, and as, as God's family, we want to enlarge his family and it's going to come through relationships and conversations and prayers like this. Would you pray with me as we prepare our hearts for a time of response? Our Heavenly Father, God, we, we love you. We, we praise you. 
uh, we thank you for your love for us. And God, I, pr- I pray for the people you brought here to worship today, God. I pray for that you lay on our hearts people that that need Christ, who are far from God, who've, who just seem very disconnected from your people, Lord. You know, just, just place a burden on our hearts that we'd begin to pray for them and be in relationship with them and be in conversation with them uh, to help them come to Christ in your church. And Lord, uh, as, as we're here today, Lord, I know some of us need to make decisions to come to Christ, to, to, to reconnect with Christ, or to become a part of this church family, God. I just pray that you would just, you know, lead us and, and, and urge us and, and, and push us into those decisions today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're seeking Christ or seeking, uh, you want to know more about this church, you know, please, please let me know or one of us know. We'd love to find some time today or during the week to you know, grab coffee with you or just visit with you. We'd, we'd love to just spend some time with you to talk with you about Christ and his church. So, you know, give us that opportunity. We'd love to do that. Isn't he wonderful? Sing 
So we 